Robert will be here. Mark me and then it's good time. <laughs> Normally in pre-op you're allowed to have family, but because of COVID, I'm here by myself, which really sucks. Because I'm, I'm kind of nervous, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't nervous until this morning. I woke up just like, oh my god, I felt like I had the bubble guts and everything. I'm like, Lord, please don't shit on this operating table. I will not be able to come back to work. Shit, I gotta take my underwear off. Duh. instead of me just rambling for the first five to ten minutes I thought we'd try something new but hey y'all it's Thursday episode three of not a regular mom podcast I am your host Jordan Lee Taylor and today we're talking about plastic surgery and we're also going to touch on some other like cosmetic procedures and skincare I am somewhat of a connoisseur with this shit <clears throat> I worked in dermatology for five years and then I worked in plastic surgery for seven years so I'm going to list all of the things I've had done from major to minor, and then we're going to break it down. So I've had a BBL, and that will honestly probably have to be a full episode of its own because it's just so much information, and that was literally like the craziest experience of my life. And so I definitely want to get in detail with that. When I was having my BBL, there was not a lot of women that have announced the fact that they had a BBL. So it was like super hard to find information on it and I was kind of freaking out and then there was like absolutely nobody that had had scoliosis and that had had a BBL that had, you know, made YouTube videos or Reddit posts or anything about it. So I was doing hella fucking research prior to that. So I definitely want to do a full episode dedicated to the BBL so that when people are wanting to have a BBL they can tune into that I also have clips on my personal Instagram it is private um I'm gonna try to figure out how I can get those onto the not a regular mom because they're like story highlights you know so I'll figure that out if I have to record screen record them bad boys and repost them on my own story I will do that for y'all because it's a lot of information in those highlights Okay, so I have my BBL, then I've also had lipo of like literally pretty much everywhere, but we'll get into that. I've had a breast augmentation, I've had a capsule revision, I've had skin pin, I've had different lasers, I've had filler, Botox, dermaplaning, and facials. So let's get into it with the surgeries. I'm going to tell you what I've had done in each surgery and then we'll break down the procedures because I'm not just going to like, I had multiple things done, you know, at one time. So like I said, I started working in plastic surgery and I had been there for five years at this specific clinic. Their policy was that every two years you got free OR time. I want to say it was four to five hours of free OR time. So if your doctor agreed to it, you could have surgery for free. The only thing that you'd have to pay for it was anesthesia and OR supplies like sutures, drapes, etc. So of course I took full advantage of that at my two year anniversary and I got my ass out of the itty bitty titty committee, okay? So my first surgery, I had a breast augmentation and liposuction. The areas I had lipoed were my abdomen, so my tummy, 
my flanks, which are your love handles. And then I also had my chin lipoed and beach, beach. That was the best part of the surgery. Like, I'm not even going to lie. That was, I saw the most drastic change, even more drastic than my boobs. Okay. And I went from being completely flat, like barely a fucking A cup to being, um, a D double D depending on the bra that I'm wearing. But yes, bitch, the chin, the chin was life changing. So, and then I obviously had my boobs done that surgery as well. And so for the breast augmentation, like I said, last episode, I have scoliosis. So I also have a chest wall deformity that's associated with that. And so when I got my boobs done, I had, um, two 95s put in on my left side and I had 385 put in on my right side and the reason was is because I had a chest wall deformity where this would be super helpful if y'all could see me right now <laughs> um but we're gonna put our hands out in front of your face like you're closing your eyes like you're about to play peekaboo right but put them don't put them vertically put them horizontally over your eyes okay now move those hands down over where your breasts are okay so we're gonna take our right hand and we're gonna like bend that bad boy at an angle okay so that if you're looking down that's what my chest looks like so on the right side my chest wall was at an angle where it was like protruding in and so in order to fill the cavity there we had to put in a larger implant and that's not uncommon for um plastic surgeons to use two separate implants um because people like i said have things like chest wall deformities or if you're a woman you know that we're not symmetrical and so one of your breasts is always larger than the other and so that's another reason why um they will put in two separate size implants if you have that big of a difference in your symmetry and again like i just said Please, if you don't know this, please know now that no woman's breasts are identical, okay? Even after they've had surgery, they're not necessarily going to be identical. We like to say in the plastic surgery world, we can make them sisters, but we can't make them twins, okay? So, um, you know, if God couldn't get it perfect the first time, don't expect a plastic surgeon to be able to do it either. That's like my number one complaint with people that come in. They just think that we're going to literally make them a completely new human being. And it's like, we can fix what's already there, but we can't make you perfect, bitch. God had one try to do that and he ain't get it done. So what you think I'm going to do? Like, please stop. Anyways, so yeah, women's breasts are never the same size. If you are looking in the mirror at your breasts right now and they're not the same size, you're normal, bitch. You're normal. I worked in, like I said, I worked for seven years in plastics. Majority of what we did was um, breast surgery. We did a lot of breast reconstruction for women after they had had breast cancer. And it's actually October Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So I just want to say shout out to any of my patients that are listening. I know I have a couple of them that are listening. Oh my God, my doctor's probably cringing at the thought of that. But I do know I have a couple of supporters that are listening. So I just want to say congratulations. You made it. Um, this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. If you have someone in your family, one of your loved ones, your friends that have had breast cancer, hug them extra tight this month because they are here with you. And that's not the case for everyone that has breast cancer. So love, love, love my breast cancer patients. But anyways, back to me and my surgery. So um, 
seeing breasts every single day working for plastic surgeon for seven years you realize that everyone looks different like nobody is perfectly symmetrical and it makes you feel a lot better about yourself so just take that in your mind and know no one is completely symmetrical okay kids fuck our asses up when we breastfeed they really fuck our asses up and me like I don't know about y'all but I only produce milk on one side so that also contributed to um the symmetry issues that I was having because I only produced on one side so one side grew and the other side didn't when milk came in right so don't worry if your breasts are uneven you are fucking normal bitch okay you're normal don't worry about it so I had my boobs done and then like I said I had the liposuction and like I said the chin was the most drastic area of change it was like I have always had a really big double chin. I I feel like my whole entire life, I'm Native American. And for some reason, my family, I don't know if this is all Native Americans, if this is all Choctaws, but we have really short chins. And so I just never really had a nice jawline. Girl, please, bitch, taking every fucking picture from the side after I had chin lipo. So if you want to have any type of surgery, like if you're like, I just want to change something, like I just want to drastic change something that looks good. It's not too invasive because honestly, like some doctors will do liposuction of the chin in office. Like it's very non-invasive. You're going to wear a little wrap around your head for about a week and then you'll wear it every single night for a week to two weeks after that first week and then, and then you're done. Like but it is so non-invasive and it is so life-changing like you could not tell me shit bitch I was in that camera do y'all see this jawline a girl has a jaw up underneath this motherfucking double chin bitch so yes if you're thinking about anything especially anything on your face I would say start there baby girl because wowzers it's incredible incredible Okay, so we're going to talk about pre-op with this surgery, and I won't talk about it with the next surgery because it's the same exact thing, just two different doctors. So for pre-op, you're going to, well, first of all, you're going to call and schedule your consultation, and I would suggest scheduling consultations with more than one doctor. You want to get second opinions. You're not always going to like the person that you meet. You know, there's going to be like personality conflict or y'all are not going to see eye to eye on what you're wanting to have done. Some doctors are very pushy and want to suggest certain things. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I came in here for my butt and you're saying I need to get my ears pinned back. What are we talking about right now? So definitely get a consult with multiple doctors. Okay. So you go in, you get your consult done. You're usually going to have photos taken. You're going to have some measurements taken, especially if it's your breast. And then um, you're going to talk about all your different options. Okay, so once you have decided on the procedure that you're going to have done, they're going to give you a quote for surgery. And that quote is usually going to include three things, your OR fee, your anesthesia fee, and your surgical fee, so the doctor's fee. Um, If you're having a procedure where a medical device is needed aka implants then you'll have another fee for that as well if you're having implants of any type like a chin implant breast implants whatever type of implants uh, butt implants that's going to be an additional fee on top of the other three fees that I just listed okay so you got your quote you decide this is something that you definitely want to do so you're going to go ahead and schedule surgery so you're going to get your surgery day on there and then typically most offices are going to have you come back a couple weeks to a week 
prior to your surgery to just really discuss the details again of the surgery, make sure everyone's on the same page. And then um, at that time, you can usually do your sizing options. Um, so for breast surgery, you're going to have sizers. I don't know if they have it for butt implants. We don't, we didn't do butt implants, so I'm not sure if they have sizers for that as well. But for when you go in for a breast augmentation consultation or for your pre-op, some people do it at the consult, some people do it at the pre-op, you're going to get like a sports bra and then you'll get these little inserts for your bra. And they're usually in like 50 increments. So like, um, 100, 150, 200, 250, 300, 350, etc. Right. So then you're going to put that those inserts into the sports bra and then you put your clothing back on top of it and just look at yourself look at your profile how does it look now the thing about boobs is we all want big boobs but you know boobs are so specific to the frame of your body like a plastic surgeon can really fuck your ass up like you could be a hundred pounds right you could be five foot five well that would be really skinny let's say you're five foot a hundred pounds right really tiny petite girl and you come in you're like i want to do 450 implants okay that's really big for your size and implants don't only go on the projection meaning like how far out they go they also have a width to them as well the wider implant you're getting the heavier you're gonna look so you go in you get a 450 implant well they don't make it in the width of your chest so it's gonna have to be wider than your chest so then when you're wearing certain things unless it's extremely tight you're gonna look big from the top half like look like you're a bigger girl up top not just your breast your whole body up top so it's really important that you one listen to the plastic surgeon's suggestions and two just take that into mind that like you can really fuck all that up okay so we've done that we've scheduled the surgery we've scheduled the pre-op we have the sizes so now you're going to labs so you're going to go get labs drawn um they're usually going to do like just regular labs sometimes they'll do a chest x-ray with a implant not very commonly um but like for me if you have like a chest wall deformity or something and it's a known thing um you might get an x-ray prior to just so that they can have as much um information as possible prior to going into the surgery and you're doing labs just to make sure that you're healthy um if you smoke cigarettes they may do a nicotine test and then usually for females they'll do a pregnancy test just to make sure you're not pregnant prior to going under anesthesia um it's not that you can't have anesthesia when you're pregnant because sometimes it's it's unavoidable unavoidable but for an elective procedure like a breast augmentation they're going to tell you you need to go ahead and cancel plus you're not going to want to have your breast done right before and then find out you're pregnant right after and then you've got like these big old jugs and it ruined everything that you just had done so no you're not going to want to do that okay so you've had your labs done and then you come to the hospital day of surgery or the surgery center you're going to come in you'll usually speak with a nurse go over some pre-op questions and then um, anesthesia will come in and talk with you, let you know what they're going to be doing. And then usually the doctor's going to come in and mark you for surgery. So he's going to come in with a purple pen and he's going to mark like a, a line in the center of your body so we can mark the center. And then if you're having like a, a lift or um, a reduction or anything like that on top of having your implants placed, they, they're going to do some extra markings. Okay. They're going to mark like what the bottom of your breast is. They'll probably mark where they're going to do the incision. And then you're going to be rolled back to the OR. Once you get back there, anesthesia is going to talk to you, try to calm you down. Sometimes if you have nerve, bad nerves prior to surgery, they'll give you something like the morning to take the morning of. 
And then once you get to the hospital, they'll definitely give you something to calm your nerves. So you're going to get back there. Anesthesia is going to be calming you down. You're going to be getting set up. And then next thing you know, they're going to tell you something like my anesthesiologist said, okay, well, we're about to go to the beach and have some cocktails. You ready? And I was like, I am. And then the next thing I know, I woke up in in post-op. Okay. So you're, they're going to be talking to you as they are giving you the anesthetic and then you're out and it's the best sleep of your life. But you literally felt like you slept for two seconds. Like you remember the full conversation you had with the anesthesiologist and then you're awake. Like that's just it. So then you're in post-op and in post-op, they're going to try to control your pain. Um, you know, make sure that blood pressure vitals, all of that are good to go prior to you going home. Some surgeries are going to stay the night, depending on what your setup is, what your doctor's setup is. Um, but with a breast augmentation, 99% of the time you're going home because it's just a really quick day surgery. So They're going to control your pain, get you good so that you can get in the car and get home. Okay. They're going to give you all your prescriptions. You should have some pain medication. You should have some antibiotics for sure. Those two things, maybe muscle relaxers, depending on what type of procedure you had done. So you have to have an adult that can stay with you after surgery and that can drive you back to and from the hospital. So you're going to get in the car with your adult driver. They're going to take you back to the house. Hopefully they've filled your medications while you were in surgery. Um, so that by the time you get home, you will probably need another pain pill. You're going to take your pain medication and just try to keep that pain under control. That's the biggest thing is keeping that pain under control and staying on top of your antibiotics. So that's pretty much like the rundown for every surgery pre and post-op. You just insert and excerpt is that even a word? Insert and excerpt? It has to be, right? Um, you just insert and excerpt different whatever it is. Like like I said, so sometimes you're going to need a little extra for um, a medical device such as implants. But if you're just having lipo, you're going to save a little bit of money on, on that end. You're not going to have extra cost. Okay, so now let's get into the fun stuff, My the next procedure that I had done. So the next procedure that I had done was the BBL. And um, I, I had lipo of literally damn near every area of my body. And we'll get into that and why that happened. Um, and then I had a BBL, which is a Brazilian butt lift, if you're not familiar. And then I also had a capsule revision. So when you have breast augmentation, your body forms a scar around the implant, which is called a capsule. So that should be a soft um, scar. It shouldn't be hard. When it's hard and tight, it's what we call a capsule contracture, and it causes your breast implants to be extremely hard, and it can cause deformity of your breast implants. So I did not have that. I had the exact opposite. My capsule was like way too soft. And so when I would lay down on my back, my right implant would literally float all the way into my armpit. Like my chest would be completely flat when I was laying down and my arm, my, my implant was literally in sitting over on the side of my breast and my armpit area. It was extremely uncomfortable and it also looked awful. And so when I decided I was going to do a BBL, I set up a consultation with another doctor that worked in our practice, but he was not the surgeon that I worked for. However, 
my surgeon and him were very close. We once shared an office together. And so I've worked with him, just not specifically for him. And then, you know, like if his medical assistant was out on vacation or something and they needed someone to come in and pull drains for patients, I would come over and do that for them. I have a really great relationship with that office. They actually call me their fifth employee. I think they have more than five employees now, but baby, you're the sixth. I'm the fifth. Got it? Um, So... I decided I was going to do my BBL with him because he um, does BBLs where the doctor I work for doesn't. And then he also um, specializes in the capsule revision, which is what I was needing to have done. So I went in for my consultation, talked with him, and I made the mistake of telling him I wanted to look supernatural. When in reality, I did not want to look supernatural at all. And I, in fact, did the same thing with my first surgery with my breast augmentation. I told them I wanted to look supernatural. I think part of it was I didn't want them to judge me for wanting to look crazy. And then also with my doctor, like I didn't want to be like, yeah, I want the biggest boobs ever, which I didn't want the biggest boobs ever. I just wanted them to look fake. And I told him I wanted them to look natural, which is not what I wanted. I knew my whole life when I wanted my boobs done, I wanted them to look very fake. I wanted people to be able to tell I had my boobs done and nobody can tell. People are like, they look so natural. I would never know that you had your boobs done unless you told me. So if you want to look fake, tell the doctor you want to look fake. It doesn't matter. This is what they're here to do. It is their job to make you happy. And if it's something that they think is absolutely crazy or they're not comfortable doing, they're going to tell you that. And and if they're not going to do it, they should direct you in, um, put you in the direction of someone who would do that for you. But I was just, I don't know why I did that. It's my body. It's my choice. If I want to look crazy to what you think is crazy and I think it looks amazing, then just do that. So that was the mistake that I made that I will say, do not do that. If you want big old titties, get big old titties. Don't settle for less because you will always, and this is a fact, every patient that has come in that was teetering between going a little bit bigger and they didn't, they always wish they would have gone bigger. So that is fact. I am going to get my boobs redone and I am going bigger and I am going faker. I want them to look like two round balls sitting on my chest. I don't know why. I just love that look, right? Probably will not like it when I'm in my forties and fifties, but we're going to get that done for the rest of my thirties. Okay. Looking real fucking good and fake for the rest of my thirties. But yeah, so I told him I wanted to look super natural with my butt. And now I didn't want the Kim K, Khloe Kardashian look where it was like little toothpick legs and then a big old booty. But I wanted it to look like, bitch, that girl got her butt done. Now, so I had the surgery and I lost a lot of weight afterwards. So you really can't tell I had anything done at all. I had a butt to begin with. It wasn't big. It was more like bottom butt. I had no top butt. So that's really what we focused on. And it's still there to an extent, but a lot of it I lost when I lost 20 pounds. So, so basically had I told him I want to be, have a big old donk and look fucking ridiculous, I might look what I looked like right after surgery. And I looked phenomenal after surgery. Okay. So let's get into it. So I go in, I have my consultation. We decide, he tells me, you know, I can't do a BBL on you right now. You have got to put on some weight because you don't have enough fat for me to be able to make a difference. So for a year, he told me, you know, eat, like eat a lot of carbs, put on some weight. And so I did, I ate a shit ton and I put on a shit ton of weight and I was 
probably I was the biggest I've ever been like the biggest bigger than when I was nine months pregnant with Caden and I was fucking huge when I was pregnant okay so I was gigantic so um kept eating kept eating kept eating up until the night of surgery I'm just stuffing my face right so we go in and that's why he had to lipo literally my whole entire body so I had upper back lower back and flank which again is the love handles I had my full entire abdomen I have my inner thighs and my knees. So he didn't do my outer thighs because we wanted to leave as much fat there as possible so that the transition between the butt and the thigh was a nice transition. So we just did the inner thighs just as I'm saying, cause we're like grasping for fat at this point, even after all the weight I've put on, we're grasping for fat. And then I said he did my knees because I'm like, I have fat knees. He's like, I mean, everyone has fat over their knees, but we're just, we're taking it from anywhere we can get it. I didn't take any from my arms because one, your arm fat isn't great fat to re-inject into your butt or anywhere in your body. Um, And two, I don't want to have that loose, saggy skin there, right? So We did it from everywhere except for the arms and the lower legs, literally. So going to surgery, he lipos everything. And I think he started with my breast, but I'm not 100% sure on that. So what he does is he goes in there and he takes a cartery, which is a tool that's used to stop bleeding. You like basically zap and fry the blood vessel so that it stops bleeding. So he took a cartery and he carterized my capsule which made the scar which is the capsule made that tighten up around the implant and it's still not perfect by any means but it's so much better like when I lay back it doesn't go all the way into my armpit now when you have breast implants and you lay back you are going to have them fall to the side a little bit and that's that's normal they're not going to sit up like perfectly on your chest while you're laying back but that's normal because like native breast also do that they fall where gravity takes them right so um the capsule revision literally like was so 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 much better because it was it was causing me a lot of pain when I was sleeping like I could only sleep on my left side and then when I did that again that capsule so loose that that implant literally felt like it was sitting on top of my left implant it was horrible so I did that then we did the the um, BBL. And if you're not familiar with the BBL, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because I am going to do a whole episode on this because we're already at like 25 minutes and I could talk about the BBL for another three hours. It's a lot of information, but you wake up from the BBL. I was laying on my back. Um, and I was freaking out because you're not supposed to sit or lay on your butt for like weeks, like weeks. We're talking four to six weeks. Okay. So I was like, why am I laying on my back? Get me on my stomach now. And, um, I was just so afraid that like I was going to lose any amount of fat that was injected in there. And I was going to be so upset. So that, that recovery was way, way worse than, um, my breast augmentation. I was in post-op recovery for a while and then having to get into the car again, laying on my stomach all the way to my house. The surgery was in Dallas. I live about 25, 30 minutes away, depending on traffic. And, um, it was just a mess. Right. So, um, that healing was a lot, but I I am going to do a specific episode for that. And I promise you, I will do it in the next couple of weeks. I have some, um, 
like I've already started planning my full year so I have some areas that I don't have episodes for so we I, I will squeeze the BBL episode in um, because I want to be able to give y'all like a ton of information on that because that's a highly requested procedure like everyone's had their breasts done everyone for years people have been getting their boobs done so there's so much information on the internet about breast augmentation and there's starting to be more information about BBLs but for a long time it was really hush hush people wanted you to think that that was their butt now it's become more not, not so taboo to talk about having surgery done and having your butt done specifically. So we will go into a full episode about that. So real quick, I just want to touch on some quick little like um, cosmetic procedures that are non-invasive and some skincare before we get off of here because we're already at 30 minutes and I know I'm not trying to take up all of y'all's time for today, but I was trying to be a lot less ADD. I totally apologize. Episode two, like I had partaken in some activities and that just flares the ADD. It just goes crazy. I just, my mind wonders. I think about all different kinds of things and so it, it just wasn't it wasn't a good look. I'm really sorry. Like the intro was horrible ADD. And then honestly, throughout the rest of the episode, it was just like a precursor. This is going to be bad. So real quick, we're going to talk about a couple of, um, like I said earlier, I've had, um, skin pen, lasers, fillers, Botox, dermaplaning, and facials. Facials are pretty, you know, everyone's had a facial before I would highly recommend finding a medical spa and an esthetician that you love and getting in there and getting a routine with them um, for facials for fillers I'm sorry for facials for micro needling um, and for different lasers so if I, I'm a firm believer that once you hit 20 years old, you should start taking care of your skin like you're a 40 year old. Like you should be putting sunscreen on every time you walk out of the house. If it's um, if you have makeup on, your foundation needs to have sunscreen in it. I'm just a firm believer because literally 20 goes to 30 so fucking quick. And now you're like, um, I'm on the brink of old age here. Okay. So like literally, and your skin is so important. If you don't care about looking good for the rest of your life, then you can really stop the podcast right here. Cause it's, it, it doesn't matter to you. So don't worry about it. But if you want to look good forever, let's talk about how we can do that. So skin pen is micro needling. Um, and then you can also do plasma. So they'll draw your blood, spin it down, get your plasma. They'll micro needle your face and then they'll take the plasma and rub it into your face. Literally get with someone this week and get that scheduled. When I say it's so like immediately you'll see results, but you're going to be red for a couple of days, a day or two. But after that redness fades, baby, can't nobody tell you shit. You look like fresh out the motherfucking womb. Like, I'm not kidding. The glow is unreal. The glow is unreal. It looks so fucking good. So definitely, like, if I don't recommend nothing else, I recommend skin pen. Okay? It's life-changing. You're going to look so phenomenal after you get it done. Then you should be doing lasers a couple times a year. So you can do BBL and Halo. That's a combo that we like to give people all the time. So you do BBL about three times a year, and then you're going to do one Halo a year. If you're up there in age, because I don't know who's all listening to me right now. And by up there in age, I mean if you're in your like 
50s, 60s, and you're not ready for a facelift yet, um, you can also do microneedling. I would not necessarily suggest skin pin. I would suggest Morpheus 8, which is microneedling, and it's radio frequency at the same time, and it tightens your skin. And if you want to go on to um, Shameless Plug, even though I don't work for him anymore, this is how much I still love him. If you want to go on Instagram and you can find Stay Ageless on Instagram or Aesthetic Specialist Southlake on Instagram. If you scroll through their pictures, go all the way towards the bottom. They have a picture. It's a side by side. It's called Morpheus 8. I think they have a couple pictures, but this one lady is like literally crazy because she only had one treatment done and it looked like she got a facelift. So if you are older and you're not old till you're 100, sis, but if you're older than me and you're like in your 50s, I would highly suggest suggest Morpheus 8 before you ever go under the needle like push that back till you're in your like late 70s early 80s getting a facelift depending on how healthy you are but hit up all of these non-invasive or minimally invasive procedures prior to going under the needle okay now this is the most important thing if you didn't hear nothing else I said this whole entire fucking podcast hear this Botox, bitch. Botox. Now, you should, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to starting Botox at 16. I know that that's not okay, but if it was me, I would be starting at 16. But for 100%, you need to be getting Botox injections in your face by the time you turn 20 years old. It is a preventative. Once the wrinkles are there, the wrinkles are there and they ain't going nowhere. We can try to make them look a little bit better, but they're there. Botox is a preventative. You need Botox. I don't care what anybody tells you. I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're white. I don't care if you're Indian. I don't care if you're Asian. I don't care what you are. You need Botox. Do not let people fool you and make you think that you do not need Botox. We all have heard the saying, black don't crack, but it cracks eventually. So why not look like you're 20 when you're 120? You know what I'm saying? Like get the Botox get the Botox. It's the most important part of skincare. If you ask me, get the Botox, get the fillers. If you want bigger lips, if you want these fine lines filled on your face, get the filler, just get it. Who cares? This whole stigma with Chloe, uh, Kylie Jenner and lip filler and da 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 da. Like, I don't care. I got lip filler. Um, I, if I will try to post a before and after picture, but when I was younger, I've always had a big bottom lip, but my top lip has been, it's there. It's just when I smile, it curls up and goes up underneath my lip and it ain't there no more. So it's teeth and bottom lip. And so I got filler put in my top lip and then I got it put in both lips and I would suggest doing both lips. I wouldn't just do one. Even if you have a big bottom lip or a big top lip, just get a little bit put in your bottom lip too because for texture reasons it like changes the texture of your lips too not in a bad way it just like if you don't get it in one lip that lip will look more chapped than the other lip is basically what I'm saying so get the filler and um then dermaplaning is really just where they remove the baby hairs off of your face it's great for makeup if you if you're a makeup person you wear a lot of makeup I would highly suggest dermaplaning you can do it yourself at home I don't recommend that um but if you are going to do it yourself at home you need to watch hella fucking tiktoks and youtubes prior to putting a blade to your face because it's literally a razor 
to your fucking face. So, you know, if you don't care about your face that much, then sure, go for it. Um, but I would suggest going and getting it done again, find yourself a medical spot, find yourself a fire esthetician and get in there. I have a lot of esthetician friends. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I think one day I might do like an esthetician podcast because I like, I love all of them. I want to support all of them. They all work at different areas. Um, they all work in different places in like the DFW area. So that's why I want to have them all on here so that I can support all of them and then they can put their business out there for y'all. So if you are closer to one of them than the other one, you can hit them up and find you a new esthetician for motherfucking life because an esthetician will be your friend for life, like for life. But yes, so get you with get get with an esthetician. What what the most important things I want you to walk away with here are sunscreen daily. Anytime you are outside, sun comes through your windshield and can can damage your face. So sunscreen daily, um, skin pen. Botox. Those three things are major. And then once you get with an esthetician, she'll recommend a skincare treatment that is best for you. The two um, skincare lines that I like the best are Revision Skincare, like top tier. That one is the number one for me. Um, the packaging is beautiful. The smells are amazing. The products are phenomenal and it just, it works like it works. So revision skincare, if you have an esthetician, I would highly recommend you asking if they carry revision. If they do not carry revision, another great alternative that's like top two is Zio. So Zio's really good skincare. They have a great gentle cleanser. It smells so freaking good. Um, and they've got like a micro scrub. They've got a bunch of stuff. They don't believe in moisturizer at Zio, so you will not get a moisturizer with that. But if your esthetician believes in moisturizer, she'll recommend a moisturizer for you that will go with the Zio products. So this episode was so much longer than I was expecting it to be. We are at 37 minutes, you guys. I'm so sorry. I hope that y'all at least could stick with me for a little bit there. Um, but again, I'm going to do an episode specifically on the BBL get you an esthetician, skin pen, Botox, and sunscreen. Okay, I'm done, you guys. I'm not going to keep you here any longer. I will see y'all here next Thursday. We're talking about domestic violence. This is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. I'm going to be sharing my personal story. And then the week after that, we have the first episode of Bad Moms Club with Alex Kraft. He got a motherfucking type. And if you haven't listened to episode one yet, you need to go and listen to that. Um, baby mama drama. Alex Kraft is my baby daddy's other baby mama. And so you can hear all of our background story. And then if you like to ask us any questions for the podcast, you can leave those questions on our Instagram our Instagram. It's not our Instagram. It's my Instagram at not a regular mom underscore podcast. You can also find me on Facebook at not a regular mom podcast. And let's drop that motherfucking music. Music.